0: This is going to be the best sermon that you have ever heard. Nothing? No laugh? No No anything? All right. And he's like, prove it, Cody, prove it. I will prove it because this is not my sermon today. Um, the sermon that uh, I'm giving today is written uh, a long time ago by a guy who uh, we all know. His name is James. And he, did, he identifies himself as the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is writing to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. And he gives this uh, people greetings. Today, what we're going to do as we kick off our series through the epistle of James is we are going to read James. Uh, that's why this is going to be the best sermon that you have ever heard in your entire life because it is inspired directly from the Holy Spirit. And we're at this church, a gospel-centered, disciple-making family. That is our our striving, that is our effort here. That's what we're asking God to to, to form us into and really our hope right now. And my prayer all week is that we are a Bible-saturated, gospel-centered, disciple-making family. And so you say, Cody, Well. This is unorthodox. It's weird. Well, First uh, Timothy four thirteen says, "Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture." Uh, whenever Moses wrote, received the law from from God, you know what he did? He read it aloud to the entire assembly of the Israelites. Whenever Joshua got the new uh, new authoritative leadership position for the nation of Israel, he read aloud the the law of God. Whenever Josiah became king and the, the people of Israel were living in wickedness for uh, a very, very long time, you know what he did? They found a book. They found a book in the back of the temple. It was all dusty. They dusted it off, and you know what they did? They read it aloud to the ins- entire assembly. Whenever the people were carried off into exile and they came back, Ezra and Nehemiah, you know what they did? They grabbed the book of the law and they read it aloud to the entire assembly and they said, amen and amen. And they said, this is what we needed. This is the purpose of our life. So today, I encourage you to open up your Bibles and hear one of the best sermons that you're ever gonna hear in your entire life. Uh, I'm gonna start in verse two and go through chapter five. Before I do, let's ask the Holy Spirit who is the primary author of this text for his help to illuminate our minds, to concentrate our hearts so that we can be forever changed. Father, help us. Holy Spirit, come now. Help write these words on our heart. You said that you would do that whenever you would come in, in Ezekiel 36 and 37, that no longer will we have to declare these things, but these things would be written on our hearts. when you come and put them deep into our hearts now and into our minds so that we can repent of sin, that we, we can receive the way, James the way that James was meant to be received as a sermon to a people that are living in exile and suffering so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we won't just be hearers of the word and so deceiving ourselves but be doers of the word that we crave the things that you crave, that we hate the things that you hate so that we are forever new and changed. Help us now as we worship this morning through the public reading of your word. It's in Christ's name that your word exalts that we pray. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation in the gospel, in the rich, in his humiliation in the gospel, because like a flower of grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. It's flower falls and it's beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot tempt, be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. But each person is tempted or or then desire when it, it has conceived gives birth to sin and when sin has fully grown gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of this, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, know this, my beloved brothers, Let every one of you be quick to hear right now, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently in the natural uh, at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the law, the law of liberty, and perseveres. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing and if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart this man's religion is worthless religion that is pure and undefiled before god the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world my brother's Show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you, the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you have been called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and you are convicted by the law as transgressors. Those uh, for whoever keeps the whole law, but fails at one point has become guilty of it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery also said, do not murder. And if you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Who judge uh, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy always triumphs over judgment what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that type of faith save him if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says go in peace be warmed and filled without giving him the things needed for the body what good is that So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that God is one, you do well. But listen, even the demons believe and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person? that faith apart from works is useless? Listen, was not Abraham our father justified by works whenever he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Moving on. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they are are, are to obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Those that that are very large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother's these things ought not to be so. Listen, does a spring pour forth the same opening, from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapefruit produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise in understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of real wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom, selfish ambition and jealousy in your hearts. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and is also sincere. In a harvest of righteousness and sown in peace by those who make peace. People, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he being God yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And only then will he exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, against the brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother, speaks evil against the law and then judges the perfect law of God. But if you judge the law, you are not therefore ever a, a doer of the law, but you're a judge. You place yourself to be a judge. And listen, there is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But you are but who are you to judge your neighbor and your brother and your sister? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say if the Lord wills, We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it's sin. Come now, you rich. Weep. Now for the miseries that are coming upon you, your riches have rotten, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Now are the last days. Behold. Till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, so that you may not, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is actually standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or on earth, or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no, be no so that you may not fall under condemnation finally is anyone among you suffering let him or her pray is anyone cheerful let them sing praise is anyone among you sick let him call the elders of the church and let him pray over them anointing him with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the lord will raise him up And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years, and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. How'd you do? Are your hearts craving the word of God? How much did you wonder? (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. My hope for us as a church is to be a Bible-saturated, gospel-centered, disciple-making family. I'm not trying to be hip or cool or novel or do anything like that. I want us to crave this, to devote our very lives to this, because this word is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that. I want this church to be all about Christ for all of our life. Everything that we do is all about him. I want us to say with our hearts that we have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer us who live, but it, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us, which is Galatians 2:20. When did he give up himself for us? Romans 5:8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this: that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners. Paul goes on to explain in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, it says, As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in what you once walked when you followed the ways of this world, part of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us at one point were gratifying uh, the sinful natures of our, of our thoughts and following the spirit of that age. But but God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. With Christ, even when we are dead in our trespasses and sins, it is by grace you have been saved. And this is not of your own doing, this is not of your works, so that no man can boast. In fact, Romans 4 5 says, To the one who does not work but trusts in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, her faith, will be counted as righteousness, as righteousness. The righteousness of God has been revealed to us in the person, life, death, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Is this in your heart, Redeemer? Is it deep in your heart? By the way, I intentionally quoted all those verses that I memorized whenever I was a pagan, not even knowing because my mom sat with me on her bed and she taught scripture to me and she helped me put it in my heart, deep in my heart, so that whenever the Holy Spirit came alive in my heart, all the truths of God's word burst into flames at once, saying, this is what I was made for. These are the very words of life that I've needed. What happens when life cuts you? What happens when hardships come your way? Do you turn to your idols, your comfort? the things that you're good at, your success, your work ethic, what do you turn to? My hope for Redeemer Church is that whenever life cuts you, you bleed out the Word of God, that you trust it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you know that whenever hardships come, what are you saying? Whom I am in heaven, but you. On earth, there's nothing that I desire beside you, though my heart and my flesh may fail. You are the desire of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73. Whenever life cuts you, you say, For I know, I know that God works all things for the good of those who love me, who've been called according to his purpose. Romans 8 28. Whenever hardships come, you can say, I trust in God. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalm 56, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight our paths as a church. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. My hope for us is to center ourselves on the word of God so that we're forever changed. Will you pray?